الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى وسلاما على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد everybody is thinking about the massacre the tragedy that unfolded in new zealand and as Muslims, we should be thinking of them. And we should find a way to create a safer and better future. Um, So the horrific murder in a country which is supposedly one of the safest countries on the planet. If you were in the field business of insurance, you probably wouldn't insure New Zealand against terrorism because that is the last thing anyone in New Zealand will think of. What it shows is the immense hatred against Muslims. It shows the immense hatred against Islam. So whether you're in the safest place in the world or whether you're here in the USA, if someone hates you, then you have a problem. How do we remove the hate? And how do we take precautions against people who don't show their hatred? This is all in the field of PR, public relations in the field of community service, security, engaging with the mainstream, understanding the need for social, cultural representation, along with the unflinching faith in Allah through Tawheed, which is a prerequisite to our discussion. A Muslim's discussion is premised on Tawheed. That this is Allah's will. But how does Allah's will manifest itself? This will manifested itself through hatred. So, more than saying that the alarm bells have been rung, which were rung at 9-11. Muslims must find a way to acknowledge the hatred that exists and not be in denial of it. 
I'm trying to have a conversation. There's not a khutbah. There's not a bayan. I'm trying to find a way to suggest and advise fellow Muslims here in this neighborhood, in this community, in this state, in this country, as to what is the course of action we should take. And the course of action depends on what it is you're seeing. If you see this as a one-off, isolated incident where in a peaceful country like New Zealand things like this don't happen, and this is an aberration, this is a one-off, this is an anomaly, then that's a huge mistake. Because the seeds of hatred came from this country through social media, through YouTube, through TV and other forms of media and correspondence. People are not only able to disseminate and propagate their ideology and their hatred, they're able to actually execute it. And we must not be naive about this. First of all, the Prophet ﷺ said that the example of all believers is that of one single body. So he included everybody into this one organic body where you relate to your fellow brothers who are shuhada in New Zealand. You're part of the same body. So that should help you not ignore the reality that we're in this boat together. If you are Muslim anywhere on the planet, you will be hated by certain groups of people. This is a fact, this is the truth, and this is the reality. Once we acknowledge this and don't walk around with blinkers over eyes and ears so that we're vigilant and we're alert and we're able to realize and appreciate the immense hatred that certain people harbor in their minds and their hearts against Muslims and Islam, then you will see the need for Tawheed. You will see the need for Iman in Allah. Because invariably when impressionable people who are not grounded in their Tawheed see this type of violence in the Masajid, an immediate reaction is, I'm not going to the Masjid anymore. The immediate reaction could be, I don't like Islam anymore because it's because of Islam that they were, they were killed. So we need to regroup ourselves fundamentally in Tawheed. 
listen to the stories of the Quran where believers were persecuted, tortured, and killed. And appreciate why Allah is mentioning those stories. And then apply those stories to our context here. And say, this has happened before in history. Those who went through persecution, torture, and being killed in the Quran, they did not say, we give up Allah. We denounce Islam. They became more firm in their Iman and in their Tawheed and in their belief and in their resolve to fight evil and to fight hatred. So there are some, I'm sure, in the next few days and weeks, there will be many calls from different sectors of the community where we should sit down and discuss and see what it is we can do to make things better. We should be part of those discussions. There's nothing wrong with that. Because that's about living. That's about surviving. If you have life, you're Muslim. Then you can come to the masjid. If you don't have life, you can't come to the masjid. So we are for all intensive purposes in survival mode. And what do you do when you're in survival mode? This is what I'm getting at. This is why I don't want the community to be that in survival mode you exploit you exploit the given security of a country and you engage in lavish spending and partying. Fridays, Saturdays, all you do is party. So on one side you party, and the other side you have this token, very token apprehension that you are a target because you're Muslim. But that token apprehension is not going to help us. It is going to hurt us. And that's what's wrong with the community. That we spend lavishly on parties and we expect Allah to protect us. It's a disease. If we want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's help and if we want His protection, then we should do everything that brings His help and brings His protection. Israf, extravagance, doesn't do that. Keeping up with the Joneses, that I can throw a party better than that person. I can invite 500 guests to my party, where that person only invited 400 people. That is suicidal. It is disastrous. So if we really feel that we are the victims and targets of hatred, which we are, then we should protect ourselves. There may be physical protection. In that vein, if the masjid decides that they need two more security guards, 
then it is wajib on everybody here to pay for it. You don't have a choice. That is your participation in your own security. People should not be standing here fundraising because they want more money for security guards. We should do it as an individual obligation on all of us. Because that money is not coming from down from the heavens. Jibreel and his armies are not coming here to protect us. Everybody has to participate in the financial burden of that expense. This is the first thing. Everybody will advise her, we need more security guards. Okay, put your money where your mouth is. Can you give $50 towards that? Can you give $100 towards that? If you can't, then keep quiet. Don't talk about it, because that is hypocrisy. That is nifaq. So if you want a secure place to worship, then this is what the administration is going to say. And we totally agree with that. But if you agree with it, then pay for it. That's the first thing. The second is to appreciate that the Prophet Muhammad whenever he found an opportunity to represent Allah and to promote his deen, he did so. So this should not distract us from our understanding Islam better and are promoting Islam better. On the whole, most people in this country are good-hearted. We have some maniacs, as in the Muslim countries, we have some maniacs. We have to take care of the maniacs through physical security, and obviously dua, and sacrifice, and sadaqah, and all of that. At the same time, on the other side, as we are deeply rooted in Tawheed, we must follow the example of the Prophet Muhammad where he did not shy away from promoting Islam because his life was in danger. I'm not saying you go and knock on everybody's door and say you're Muslim and become Muslim. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that with your conviction that Islam is your deen, be tall, be strong, be courageous. Don't be a pussycat and hide behind the corporate doors and say, uh, yeah, yeah, fine, Islam is fine. Say you're Muslim. And you'll be surprised how people will respect you for your strength. You'll be surprised. As I said, most people in this country, they're good-hearted, inshallah. So we must appreciate that as horrific and tragic the massacre is in New Zealand. We must also appreciate that thousands like those Muslims are killed every day. In other parts of the Muslim world, every day. So we must participate in some way as how to relieve them from their oppression and then from their violence. What can we do? We can't do anything as individuals. We have to be collected. 
and we have to be organized and everybody has a role those who are in leadership they will lead and those who are not they will do whatever the leadership suggests or recommends but we should be very eager to change the situation on the ground inna allah la yughayyiru ma biqawmin hatta yughayyiru ma bi anfusihim Allah doesn't change the state of people until they change their own state. Are we willing to change our lifestyle from being opulent, luxurious, lavish, extravagant, party after party after party, where food is wasted, and then compromise and say, okay, let's at least minimize the parties. At least do that, if you are true to your deen. That my lifestyle has to change. If that is not there, then everything else may not be in waste, but you definitely suffer from elements of nifaq and hypocrisy. So we must ensure ourselves first that we are true to what it takes to change. If you want others to change, we must be willing to change ourselves. You can't effect an impact change if you don't have the ability in you to change. I don't mean change your deen or your, uh, change your Islam, I don't mean that. I mean change your lifestyle. Change your priorities. And then focus on Allah's Rahmah, Allah's Nusrah, Allah's Madad, Allah's help and Allah's Fadl through dua and dhikr and sadqa and by feeding people instead of feeding ourselves we should have a day in the week where we feed others anyway so what I'm saying is that this is a conversation I'm just offering possible solutions to the very deep rooted problem of hatred unfortunately hatred came with the sons of Adam. It's from time immemorial that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent down Go down as enemies of each other and the devil's schemes and his plans to make sure human beings hate human beings is being played out. That's the theology, theology behind it. That's the theological construct behind what's happening. The sons of Adam, one son became jealous of the other, and from there hatred, animosity, enmity, and violence started. Allah mentions that story in the Quran for a reason. It's not just a good story for Sunday school. It's a story for us. That can we overcome the impetus and the urge to hate another human being? Can we do that? Then charity starts at home. Then stop hating your wife. Number one, stop hating your children. Number two, stop hating your husband. Stop hating your cousins and your relatives and your in-laws. See, see, you see where it starts? 
It doesn't start over there where that maniac is killing people. It starts here. If you have the seeds of hatred in you, then start with that. Before you say others should not hate me. Well, you're hating. And it doesn't matter who the object of hate is, you're hating. This is my suggestion. We make dua Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep us and preserve us. We make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us, our lives, our livelihoods, our wealth, our properties, our children. We make dua Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protects our deen, our Islam. And we make dua Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protects the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ameen ya rabbal alameen.